0: Wow, that's not really fair. (laughs) It's also not really fair that I'm going to be a little bit um, distracted for the rest of the morning, trying to figure out, what does Brad Pitt look like preaching? (laughs) So we'll try to get myself together here. If you can, rise with me for the reading of the word in spirit or in person. We're gonna look at John chapter one, verses 10 through 13 in the New Revised Standard Version. Reads like this. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, He gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Lord, thank you for your presence in this service already. Continue, Lord, to encourage us, to speak to us, to edify us by your spirit during this season and this time. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Pastor Matthew and Joanna for inviting Alma and I back. It's been a few years since we've been here. Before the pandemic it was in fact. God has sustained us, amen? Amen. 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 Before the pandemic there was some rumor that Fuller Seminary was leaving town. Thank God that that rumor was quashed. Somebody say amen. We're very grateful for the partnership that Lake Avenue Church has long had with Fuller Seminary for many, 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 many decades. And we look forward, God willing, to many, many more to come. Amen? So we are very grateful and very thankful. And in this season especially, again, looking to our Messiah who is our hope, not ourselves, not our plans, not our abilities, not our strategies, but the one who came in the flesh. And that's what we're here today to talk about as well in this Advent season. Pastor Matthew, thank you for inviting me to speak on John chapter one, Christmas before Christmas. And I was so encouraged to hear you talk about in the beginning was the word, in the beginning was meaning. Somebody say amen might remember those of you here two, t- two, two weeks ago in the beginning was meaning. And that meaning we talked about also as anticipated by John the Baptist last week. And this week we're looking at these three verses, ten, uh, four verses, 10 to 13. I want to spend a few moments on observing how we have rejected meaning, but yet how that meaning that is rejected nevertheless resists our rejection. Yeah, how we find a way somehow to reject meaning, but yet that meaning, that logos, that word of God overcomes our ability, our capacity, as limited as it is to resist and reject, and then to bring new meaning for all of us. So we're gonna look today for a few moments at how the Gospel of John shows us the rejecters, or those who thought they would, and then also how that meaning overcomes our rejection in order to embrace us and enable and empower meaning in our lives. I want to start by looking at verse 11 specifically for a couple of moments to see about who were those who rejected The Logos, the meaning that came into the world. Verse 11 reads like this, he came to his own and his own people did not accept him. This verse opens up a sub-theme throughout the Gospel of John. His own in the Gospel of John refers more specifically to not just the Jews, but a specific group of Jews, Jewish leaders. If you follow the narrative after this first chapter through the rest of the Gospel of John, you will see that there has become now probably 40, 50, 60, 70 years after Jesus, a kind of division between Gentiles in the body of Christ and some of the Jews who were also part of the community. A number of places throughout the Gospel of John, we see that the local synagogues that were places where the Christian message first started. If you remember, all of the original disciples were Jews. Paul, if you remember, went throughout the Mediterranean world preaching in synagogues and drawing people to the Messiah in these synagogue contexts. And across the chapters, the 20 chapters of the Gospel of John, we see that at various places, some of these synagogues had begun to, uh, um, uh, if you will, expel. Messianic believers from the synagogue. So, the Gospel of John is very clear that it was his own people who did not accept him, and more specifically, a group within that people, Jewish religious leaders, who rejected the Messiah. I call this the rejection of new or renewed meaning. The Jews of the time had a certain understanding of what the covenant with Yahweh meant. And as the gospel was proclaimed by by those who were also part of their community, including apostles like Paul, the, the, the covenant of the Old Testament was given renewed and refreshed meaning. How many of us know we need renewal and refreshment regularly? Amen? And that's what. People like Paul were doing. That's, that's what people like the Apostle John were doing. They, they were bringing renewed and refreshed meaning into the synagogue, into the synagogue communities, into the wider community, because of how their understanding of the Word, the Logos, had refreshed, renewed meaning for their lives, for their religious lives, for their covenant under, covenantal understanding with Yahweh. And so it is in this context that some of the Jews, including many of the Jewish leaders, were resisted to this renewed and refreshed meaning. Jesus had said in John chapter 18, my kingdom is not of this world, if my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. Again, this is one of the sub themes in the Gospel of John of how there was a parting of ways between those who would embrace the Messiah and some Jewish leaders who resisted and could not comprehend, could not welcome, could not receive this renewed and refreshed meaning. So a number of times this uh, being expelled from the synagogue is, is noted in the Gospel of John. So we need to contextualize, if you will, this rejection of new or refreshed meaning to a certain group, Jewish leaders. John was never intending to paint all Jews as those who resisted and rejected the Messiah. In fact, we know that not all Jews did. All the first followers of Jesus were Jews, Jewish. And so, now we, we hear a lot about, now we know a lot about the long history of those who have vilified Jews. Now we know, in fact, the Gospel of John certain Pa- certain passages have been taken from the Gospel of John historically over the last 2,000 years to-, to justify certain kinds of Christian treatments of Jews. And that continues today in a variety of respects, in a variety of contexts. We call it anti-Semitism. It's never been justifiable. John has never been in that respect trying to paint all Jews as being resistant to the Messiah. And so we need to understand the this subtheme, the subplot in the history of the gospel and how it's then been received. In fact, it's God's the the rest of the New Testament says that God is still working for the salvation of all of Israel. Somebody say amen. It is God's intention to continue to open his arms and his hands to the world Israel included. Let's just a second. Now I want to step back from verse 11 to the second half of verse 10, which will give us some further perspective, I think, on how this, even even this this, uh, way of, of, of castigating an entire group of people from even verses like this takes on a bigger scope. And we see that in the second part of verse 10, where it says, he was in the world and the world came into being through him. Yet, here it is, the world did not know him. So I wanna step back now from what verse 11 talks about, which talks about the specific group of people to the second part of verse 10 that talks about the world did not know him. The world's a big place, isn't it? Even in first century and even today, there's all kinds of people all over the world. This is a quite apparently a blanket statement, the world did not know him. The Gospel of John also gives us windows into who's the world? that did not know him. In fact, in a variety of places in the rest of the Gospel of John, we are told that the world did not know him for a very specific reason, because the world, understood in this Johannine narrative, was a world that was under the rulership of somebody else. You might remember that if you've read the Gospel of John more recently. Three or four times it is said that the world lies or is ruled by the yeah, it's that guy, the devil. We know in the Gospel of John that Jesus is the light that comes into the world and we know that the devil is one who leads us into darkness. The light that comes into the world and the world does not recognize that light in part because the world has been, if you will, covered by, obscure. that light has been obscured by the works of the devil. And so, I would say that the devil obscures meaning. The devil shades meaning. The devil twists and warps meaning. So that you and I, or the world that is struggling to find meaning, pierce through a glass dimly, pierce through a glass obscurely, pierce through a glass even darkly. This ruler of the world, then, if you will, has his own children. John chapter 8 calls them children of the devil. Children of the devil who would love darkness rather than light. Children of the devil who would hate those who are in the light. This is the world that did not recognize Jesus. The world that did not see Jesus clearly, the world that could not receive the meaning of Jesus rightly because of blindness in their eyes and heart, obscurity in their capacities to see and discern, and out of that following, if you will, instinctively or blindly in the footsteps of its father, the devil. How many of us now are are, are grateful that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? We, We don't wrestle against one another, but we wrestle against the prince of the darkness of this world. And I've got good news, that the meaning that came into the world nevertheless overcomes the meaning obscuring power of the devil. Somebody say amen. And I want to now focus on most of the rest of my time in Verse 10, the first half. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. So, yeah, there's going to be those who, even among his own people, who don't accept him. There's going to be plenty, maybe all of us at some point or other in our lives who have been darkened in our, in our capacity to see the Messiah or receive him. Despite all of that, the meaning came into the world and remains in the world, amen. The meaning came into the world and remains in the world because the meaning loves the world. That's what John tells us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. For God so loved the world That he poured out meaning into the world. For God so loved the world, despite all the disinformation and misinformation, he gave himself full of meaning in and for the world and refused to leave that world, even if that world resisted that meaning, even if that world attempted to slay that meaning, even if that world attempted to obscure that meaning. That meaning persists because God loves the world. John is about the meaning in the world. And in fact, we're given actually a lot more hope in the gospel about the capacity of this meaning to overcome the darkness of the world. In fact, at one point in the middle of the gospel of John in chapter 12, the Greeks were amazed because they observed and they said, the whole world has gone after him. Come on, somebody. That you and I are sitting here today able to worship God is a reflection of that meaning having pursued you and I to the ends of the earth in order to say, welcome home. In order to say, meaning is for you and for I. The whole world has gone after that meaning. And as I read through the Gospel of John, I I see that that meaning has overcome all the barriers that any small and select group might put up. That meaning has overcome all of the the darknesses that the enemy, the devil, would want to throw upon us. As I read through the Gospel of John, I see, for instance, a mountainside of 5,000 people. Remember that story? Gathered to eat meaning. Amen? Eat meaning both physically, he fed them, somebody say amen, and he preached to them. Thank God for what a group this morning here. I wasn't sure if the rain would would keep people away, but but there is meaning here, the meaning of Jesus who has drawn your heart and my heart into this space. We are like those 5,000 saying, Lord, feed us. Lord, imbue my life with even greater meaning than I currently have. And and there's not only groups of the meaning of of the Logos impacting large crowds, there is meaning for individuals. There's meaning in chapter 3 for one of the religious leaders, name is Nicodemus, remember that story? Even amongst the Jews who it would said that they rejected the meaning, not all of them did. Nicodemus was one of the Jewish leaders. And the meaning of God broke through into his heart. Yeah, he was still sort of trying to figure it all out, so he had to go in the darkness of night. Remember that? In order to inquire further about meaning. But the meaning meets him. The meaning draws him. The meaning lures him along. And then the meaning wraps him. The meaning is for us. City council members, like Nicodemus, amen? <laughs> I was at a lunch about a week ago, and I met the, ma- the mayor of South Pasadena, who I discovered was a born-again Roman Catholic. Somebody say amen. amen. There is a-, a modern-day Nicodemus, amen? State senators elected government officials, religious and other leaders of the community, be they of the Nicodemus sort or not. Or we don't have to go all that high up into the up echelons of our society. In fact, we know that meaning comes for the local folks, for the common folks. In chapter one, the meaning calls out a bunch of fishermen. Somebody say amen, right? Okay, you might not be fishermen, but but probably you're a plumber. Yeah? A school teacher. My wife is a school teacher. Right? A small business owner in the in the community. Somebody who works in the service industry. Maybe maybe you you clean homes, maybe you clean hotel rooms, maybe you clean guest areas. Maybe you drive something for the city to pick up our trash from week to week. Regular old folks, the meaning calls out to the local fishermen who's just out there with their nets doing their work. The meaning calls out to them. The meaning calls out to you, and the meaning calls out to me, regardless of what we're doing. The meaning calls out to our family and our relatives. Somebody say amen. The folks that you and I love the most, T- closest to our hearts, we see how Jesus, the meaning, interacted with his mother. Chapter 2 of John, at the Canaan of Galilee. We see how Jesus interacted with Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. The meaning even wept in the space of this family. And you and I can think about our family members. They may be sitting here right next to you, or they may not be for a whole range of reasons. Maybe they're not looking out for the Logos and his meaning today. But the Logos and his meaning is still calling out their names. The Logos and his meaning is still knocking on their heart's door. The Logos and his meaning is still pursuing them because he came into the world and he's not going to leave. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you might be someone like the woman at at the Samaritan well. Maybe you're on your fifth marriage. You might be someone like the woman caught in the act of adultery in John chapter 8. It doesn't have to be women. You and I all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Some of us have got caught. Some of us have got sentenced. Some of us have spent time in prison. The meaning is here for you and for me regardless of what our life circumstances were. There's no place too low we could have gone. There's no hole too deep we could have dug. The meaning is gonna reach right down in there. That's what it means when it said, and the word came into the world. In its prisons, right? In its juvenile detention centers, wherever we may find ourselves, the meaning came for the Canaan official at Galilee with a sick son. The meaning came to a pool at Bethesda where there was a paralyzed man who was waiting for the, way, for the waters to be stirred. The meaning has come for those with bodily infirmities, chronic illnesses, people who have a variety of sensory, sensory motor disabilities or impairments, people who are just sick, people who have mental illnesses of whatever sorts. The meaning is here for those of us who are paralyzed in mind, body, soul, or spirit. The meaning comes for those who are born blind. If you read that story in John chapter nine, that man born blind, we might think, well, how sad, but that man born blind, actually, in John chapter nine, is probably like most of us before the meaning got a hold of our lives. Because it says, actually, in John chapter 9, that the man born blind was just sort of wandering around minding his own business. You go back and read John chapter 9. And guess what happened? The disciples saw him. And then the disciples grabbed him and brought him to Jesus and started asking Jesus some theological questions about the man born blind. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly what happened. He's just walking around minding his own business right? Like most of us, when the meaning found us, and the meaning touched our hearts, and the meaning turned our lives around, and all of a sudden the man born blind, yeah, he, he was a theological, uh, what do you call it? Uh, example or something like that. There's another word. Yeah, theologians sometimes forget what words they want to use, but anyway, that's that's the way it goes. It's, it's sort of like preaching through a glass dimly. The world does respond to the meaning. The world has gone after him. I wanna now close with this in verse 12. Because now what? Now that you and I have been touched by the meaning, Now that you and I have been touched by the word of God and given meaning in our lives, to all who received his meaning, who believed in his meaning, in his name, he gave power to become children of God. I was delighted to see and worship with you and experience with you the baptism that we had a few moments ago, right? new commitments, new uh, uh, life in in Jesus Christ. And for those of us now who have received the meaning, we're now meaning empowered. And the meaning is now also sending his children to represent into a world that has factions. It's got groups, leaders of whatever sorts, people that call themselves leaders who resist the meaning. It's got others who are just meandering around with their eyes and their hearts being obscured by the darkness that is shrouded by the ruler of this world. But Jesus said, "As you have he's saying to the Father, as you have sent me into the world, so I have now sent my children. We are meaning empowered because of Jesus, because we have, it's not just that we have found meaning, but the meaning has found us, amen? And now we get to go to that mountainside of 5,000 people. We get to go to the seashore of fishermen thrown out and cleaning their nets, or wherever it is that God has you. We get to go into our homes, our extended families, who may still be yearning for meaning, You and I now get to represent God's meaning in Jesus Christ to those who are sick and infirm, to those that are in prison, to those that are in hospitals, amen? Wherever the paralytic is at the poolside, waiting for the waters to be touched, the meaning is seeking that person out. And that meaning is gonna find and speak the truth because you and I, are available to go. You and I are available to enter into these spaces in the same world that the meaning is not going to leave, but the meaning is gonna further further disperse the message, the light, the truth of the gospel, because he has given us, as his children, power to be children of God. As the father, As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Holy Spirit, enable us to be now also meaning for the world that Jesus comes into and remains in. Amen.